welcome to Splatter Chatter, where October never dies. Ooh. We are your hosts, Mr. Craigers. That's you. Oh, and Miss Melmore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know that is me. <laughs> I don't even know what I thought you were waiting for. I thought you were like, it's like when I'm like, oh, like, I don't even know. I'm tired. I was up at 4 a.m., kids. Yeah. Speaking of my... which, you also might hear my cat because I'm in a new location. Not Toronto, like in my it's... kitchen. <laughs> yeah, we've had long days. My eight-hour day turned into like a ten-and-a-half-hour day. Yay. No. Anyway, kids, welcome back to Splatter Chatter. Oh, Tonight, we are talking about the big one. Halloween. Straddling the line between fall and winter, plenty and poverty, life and death. Mm -hmm. Ooh, All Hallows Eve. Sowing. Sam All that good stuff. All that good stuff. We are diving right in to what might be the greatest holiday of the year. Ever. Or ever. That's why I have countdown apps for it. Hell yeah. I mean, I like me some Christmas, but... But it's no... I was actually thinking this last year, too. Thrive. When I was watching um, the Charlie Brown Christmas special, and I was wishing it was the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have on my DVR. I should watch that. I, I missed I, it. I always miss it. I was working, but I did get to see Hocus Pocus. And I did that instead of watching the debate. Yeah. Because... Because... You know, we can only take so much horror. The election of 2016. I had to think about the year. I was trying to do the Hamilton thing. Didn't work out. <laughs> it didn't quite work out. It didn't quite land. But, yeah. yeah, this is our last one, I think, before actual Halloween. Yes. We're going to have some Halloween day. Hall hangover yes. permitting. Yeah. Yes. The plan as of now, kids and kiddos and ghouls and goblins, is to get to you... The second round of booze and booze on the thirty first. Um, depending decided. on the uh, severity of Halloween shenanigans, <laughs> you may get that a day later. I may just not roll the three inches to my computer to edit it. <laughs> Although, does it really need editing? Does it? Does we do we really? Need? But you will get this episode obviously mm -hmm. before Halloween. So you're listening you, to it. No. Everything you need to know about October 31st. Because our number one pet peeve in things is, and it's most evident actually in Hocus Pocus, where it tries and then like fails in terms of talking about like what Halloween is when um, <laughs> Allison is like, oh, it's based on the ancient feast of All Hallows, All Hallows Eve. Wrong. Wrong, Allison. Allison. She says with such... Conviction. Conviction and the teacher who and it's like you're from Salem. with a spark better. We're not a sparkler. Oh god, that would be awful. With a uh, streamer. <laughs> Does not correct her. She's burning children in her ass. <laughs> She's dressed as a witch. <laughs> um But yeah, it's you know, and there's a lot of you know cultural mix up too because you've got things like Dia de las Muertas that people are like oh it's like Mexican Halloween right. wrong wrong that it is happens incorrect. around the same year and has a picks at one similar theme between the two holidays but it's not the same thing it is not so so yeah we're just kind of gonna dissect everything to I guess for a little intro a little intro on your real Halloween. Halloween was thought by most to have originated with an ancient festival, but not the ancient festival of All Hallows Eve. That was kind of stage two. That stage was one Christian was in stage. Yeah. Stage one was an ancient Celtic festival known as Samhain or Samhain, or there's a lot of different pronunciations because Celtic is a weird language. And we don't. Um, yeah. It's a social construct. It's a social construct. Jeez. <laughs> and during this festival, the Celtic people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off any sort of roaming spirits. Which was known as guising, mm -hmm. which sounds a lot cooler than what we do now. I know, right? Get it? Guising. Disguising. 
Da, 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 da. We're going to have to spell out a lot for you people. <laughs> <laughs> and then it wasn't until the 700s um, when Pope oh, Gregory the Third decided that November 1st was going to be the day to honor all of the saints and martyrs of Christendom. So, and this is a theme throughout many a holidays. If you look at your Christian holidays, you will find them pegged on the calendar extremely close to pagan holy days or pagan sort of, you know, like you've got Christmas stamped out the um, pagan festival of Yule, um, Easter, which stole, well, has its roots, I suppose, in Passover more than stole that date on the calendar, is right by the equinox, um, equal day, equal night. Um, and likewise here, you've got the, this pagan sort of, I think it was a fairly highly ranked, I mean, it depends on what kind of calendars you look at in modern day yeah. neo-paganism is not, you know, it's what have you, but they were like, transitionary period over time to stamp this stuff out yeah and it well, and it made sense that that was the philosophy and that's that's why it kind of was because when you know christianity was spreading and the church was gaining power and obviously wanting to keep power a good way to convert people over to the new holidays would just to kind of blend them with the old holidays yeah. you know like there's so they picked time of years when people were already used to celebrating something and then just kind of ease them on into celebrating something else. And that's what happened here, you know, um, so because you had All Saints Day starting on November 1st in the 1700s. So the night before was known as All Hallows' Eve. Mm-hmm. Later to become Halloween. I'll stop doing that. I'm sorry. Well, the no, keep doing, <laughs> keep doing it. The interesting thing about that too is the holidays that you know with All Saints Day, All Hallows Eve, and then you've got All Souls Day. It was you know this trinity of holidays taking place, and it honored many of the similar things that we believe this traditional feast celebrated, which was the yeah. idea of honoring dead ancestors, of possibly trying to communicate with dead ancestors. Um, you know, obviously to a very different degree and for different purposes, but it's retained its infrastructure as a as a celebration of, or at least a day of awareness for death and afterlife. Very much so. And I feel like, and throughout the progression from ancient times to medieval times to the current sort of secular community-based event that we know it as now, there have been a lot of constants. Hmm. These themes of death, these themes of the afterlife, um, gatherings, costumes, and sweet treats. Like, those have always been present throughout. Which, and again, you know, it is interesting looking at Dia de las Muertas, where it is about honoring dead ancestors, eating sweets, putting up offerings of these things to the the graves of of your your ancestors to kind of acknowledge that they are remembered, that, that they're with you in in a more abstract sense and that sort of thing. For more information on that, you can watch The Book of Life. Um, hey, that's a really good movie, by the way. It is. We should actually put that in later in our list of things later. So forget I said our, that our and be surprised when I say it later. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, and that's one of the interesting things about Halloween as well is that across some cultures there are similar themes. I mean, Dia de las Muertas goes back pretty far. Um, I'm not sure if it precedes um, the Spanish uh, colonization of Central America, but, you know, even around that time, that wouldn't have been something Spanish settlers would have been readily aware of, this Celtic festival going on in the British Isles and Northern Europe. Because, well, I guess this is a good segue to start now talking about what kind of, I guess, do it chronologically, starting with the ancient celebration of um, Samhain. I say Samhain. Yeah, I've heard Samhain, I've heard some some ween. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people get very, like, purist about it. They're like, no, it's pronounced this way. It's like, okay. 
And I'm like, okay, does you anyone there? really know at this point? Right? Because <laughs> I invented Gaelic. Right? Like it was a Celtic festival, and the Celts lived over two thousand years ago in what is now Ireland and some of the UK and I think some of like northern France. Um but anyway, it was their official mark of the end of summer and the beginning of the harvest season. Um, and it was also associated with human death. Because mm-hmm. um, they believed on the night before the new year, which was this night, October 31st, the boundary between the world of the living and the dead became very blurred. Mm. It was on this night that, that ghosts and spirits and demons were said to be able to return to Earth and walk among mortal men. Um, but of course, this could lead to the potential damaging of crops or trouble um, when, you know, when you've got otherworldly spirits running amok. They're like, oh, corn! Yeah. I don't actually think they had corn in that part of the world. But. I don't know. I don't think so. I think that's a very specific Midwest thing. But oh. if they did... Whatever reason. Yeah. But of course, the presence of spirits was also thought by the Druids, the Celtic priests, that it would make predicting the future a lot easier. And which, side note, Druids, the most overused and misused, I guess I'll call it a motif in um, any sort of like horror where they're trying to talk about the traditional nature of the land most recently seen in American Horror Story where Lady Gaga's character is meant to be a descendant of the Druids and therefore yeah. a witch or something. I don't know. Like, the Druids, like, and there's there's situations where people make them out to be an entire race in their own right of Celtic. Which is not people, true. A, a tribe in their, like, and it's interesting, like, I get it. You know, Druids, it's, you know, it's mysterious. It's, you know, very old, but, like, at its core, it was a priestly class um, mm-hmm. in in Celtic tribe culture, and not some weird Satan worshiping cult that ran amok amok in Europe. Amok, amok, amok. Had to. Yeah. <laughs> I said you no. Were it. <laughs> completely right. Completely right. And you know, because of all these things going on to appease the spirits, to get something from spirits, the druids built huge sacred bonfires where they uh, burned crops and animals as sacrifices, obviously, like, because of spooky things and, you know, Christians later attempting to demonize pagan religions. You know, there's been, there's talk that there was human sacrifices as well. I don't think there's ever been any evidence that 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 actually happened. Sacrifice to human or to right, you know. I mean, I mean, it, not that I'm defending human sacrifice, but that was a thing <laughs> very common across several what we would, you know, just classify today as pagan cultures. Pagan being anything that predates Christianity, right? Um, but again, I don't even think there's any evidence that they did sacrifice no. people. No, no, not not the Druids. Well, not the Celtic religions anyway, because, I mean, there's a lot of sort of sacredness attached to specifically, like, male and female in within their um, spirituality and with their mythology, and human beings were kind of considered to be a sort of, like, sacred thing. Not mm-hmm. that they didn't think crops and animals weren't. Right, well, um, that's because that's why they, they were nature worshippers, but there's there is a difference between I sort of like what you know you're giving back to Mother Earth and that sort of thing. It's all very complicated. <laughs> all very complicated. All very complicated. And the, and this like festival and celebration was too. Yes. Like it wasn't just like an orgy of, like, you know, just, like, random shit jumping around the fire. It wasn't, like, the end of the witch. Right. <laughs> Everyone just floating into the sky. Dust thou dost I. I don't even know what he said. The goat man. The goat man. Yeah, no, there were, like, specific things that happened. Like, everybody wore costumes, usually animal heads or skins. 
They attempted to tell each other's fortunes. Um, they extinguished their hearth fires before the bonfire was lit, and at the end of the night, they would take flames from the sacred bonfire to relight their hearths, and that was meant to protect them during the coming winter. Like, it was all... And that was part of the purpose of the the things that eventually became what we know today as jack-o'-lanterns, which were originally mm-hmm. kind of... They used, like, turnips and potatoes and things like that, because pumpkins are a North American thing. Yeah. But they would, you know, hollow these things out and turn them into lanterns um, and hang them up. And it was supposed to be a sign of protection. And they eventually would put faces on these things because it was meant to scare away spirits that would possibly do them harm and that sort of thing. And then it morphed eventually into this modern day idea of the jack-o'-lantern. Which, and that's like jack-o'-lantern, you know, that comes specifically from that that region i mean that's a thing in in sort of celtic folklore not unlike will-o'-wisps and that sort of thing it's a Mm -hmm. jackal it's in the name yeah it's right there um okay let me let me consult my notes here what do i have (laughs) next uh okay by the year 43 a.d the roman empire had conquered the majority of all celtic territory In the course of the next 400 years that they had ruled Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the Celtic celebration of Samhain. The first was a day called Feralia, which always happened in late October, where the Romans commemorated the passing of their dead. Weird, right? Right, (laughs) right. And the second was a day to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. Pomona Sprout? Her symbol was an apple, and the incorporation of this into the celebration of Samhain is probably where, like most scholars think, we get the tradition of bobbing for apples that a lot of people practice on Halloween. The Romans. So, thanks, Romans. Thanks, Romans. Then, as we mentioned earlier, in May of 609 AD, uh, Pope Boniface IV dedicated the Pantheon in Rome to honor all the Christian martyrs, and the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day was established in the Western Church. Pope Gregory III expanded this festival to include all saints as well as all martyrs. And by the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread so far and was so vast that this holiday was blended in almost seamlessly with the older Celtic rites. Which is interesting if you look at what kind of is known as transitionary works. And the most famous version of this where you blend, this is actually Norse, not Celtic, but blend paganism with Christianity is actually Beowulf. Where you've got a mixture of, where basically they used Christian values to explain these kind of folkloric monsters and you see this a lot when you look at eastern religion not religions eastern sort of folkloric beliefs as well when you think when talking about the vampire and the idea of that they take this sort of you it becomes seamless to the point where it's like okay this this creature that supposedly stalks the forest is a a servant of of the devil or with beowulf you've got grendel is a descendant of cain and and that's why he's he's the way he is, ah, uh, which is awful. Mm. If you've right. read Beowulf, right? <laughs> um, and you know, having to use Christian values and Christian morals to overcome these, you know, adversaries, these ancient adversaries. And Halloween is a place where basically it's almost impossible to tell at this point what started when. I mean, some of it's yeah. more obvious. Some of it. You know, it, it's hard to distinguish because a lot of it was so similar as well. Which was their intent. Yeah. Um, because, perfect timing now, moving right along. And yeah. I don't even, the, I'm not even looking at his notes. I know. In the year 1000, exactly, the church declared November 2nd to be All Souls Day mm-hmm. to honor Christian dead. This is generally regarded as a move by the church to attempt to replace the Celtic festivals entirely with a church-sanctioned holiday. All Souls Day was celebrated very similarly to the Celtic rites with big bonfires, parades, dressing up in costumes, and eating sweet food. 
The All Saints Day celebration started to be called at this time All Hallow Mass, then later All Hallows, and the night before it, known as All Hallows Eve, and eventually Halloween. That's fun. So, in terms of the American appropriation of Halloween. Because the interesting thing is that America is the only country on Earth that really puts a huge importance right? on Halloween still. Right? Um, Which is so funny because I feel like it totally could have gone the other way. Yeah. Um, celebration of Halloween was very limited in colonial New England because For of the reasons. Uh, very rigid um, Protestant belief system. Um Dost it was. thou desire sweet things? I think he says something like that. <laughs> in the colonial era, as it were, it was a lot more common in Maryland and the southern colonies, um, which is ironic because now it's sort of become more of a, not more of a northeast thing, but I I feel like a lot of these sort of like urban legend traditions and stuff you kind of hear about all takes place in the Northeast. And that might just be because Stephen King sets everything in New England. Right. But when Never looking, go to Maine or you'll die. <laughs> um, specifically, like, you know, those dialect quizzes where they're like, what do you call the night before Halloween? And one of the answers is I have no term for this night. Um, if you look in the region of the Northeast, they have several different names that they call it. Whereas you go to the rest of the country and the majority of them say, I have no name for, for this night. Um, where I'm from, it's called mischief night. That is a very localized term. <laughs> yes. We called it, I mean, Mel and I are from the same state on different sides and we even called it different things in the Pittsburgh area. Um, it's known as devil's night. Like the American so. horror story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a bit, that's more common. Yeah, yeah, Devil's Night um, is the most common one. Mischief Night is very, very localized to this region of southeast Pennsylvania, Jersey, and Delaware, mm. um, according to the several dialect maps. Yeah, which, I mean, like, is, again, good transition, Mel. I don't know. Um, we're, just, we're just, you, know, you and I have always been like this. I'm like this. You guys haven't <laughs> seen the thing, but it's from France. <laughs> Right, it's fine, it's fine. If you get that reference, you know what we were doing. If you don't get that reference, you're very confused, but whatever. Um, in classic American melting pot style, as the country grew, the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups, as well as the ideas from Native American Indians, meshed. And that's where we kind of got our distinctly American version of Halloween, or at least where it began to emerge um this is when you started seeing things that were known as play parties which were public events held to celebrate the harvest neighbors would share stories of the dead usually around a fire they would tell each other's fortunes they would dance they would sing um colonial festivities at this time also involved a lot of mischief making mm. hence mischief night um, and by the early to mid 1800s, these festivals were very common across um, the entire country. But Halloween as the festival was not necessarily celebrated like across the board, across the board. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then in the second half of the 19th century... America got a whole new flood of immigrants, um, a lot of Irish immigrants um, fleeing the potato famine from the 1840s. That's my cat. Um, and that's when they started to popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally as kind of like the end-all, be-all of all these various autumn-October celebrations. Let's just call it one thing and be done with it. And be done with it. And so that's where you got the Americans started to dress up in costumes in the Irish and English tradition and going to, ha going to houses asking for food or money, which... Okay, how come we don't ask for money anymore? That's interesting. Right? I'd like to oh, revive that practice. <laughs> when I 
trick-or-treating, there were like one or two houses in my housing plan where they gave you like a dollar. I have never gotten money. And I was like, I got a can of soup once. Absolutely incredible. Let's change our costumes and come back. (laughs) I remember the most exciting thing was getting the full-size candy bars because there's nothing fun about fun-size candy bars. My parents still give out full-size candy bars. Miss P and Mr. J. Uh, Your house were. They knew what was up. They knew what was up. I think they gave us some last time we were at here. I think, yeah. I think. <laughs> they sent us with some giant candy bars. Uh, my, my favorite, my best trick-or-treat treat was, and this happened a couple years, there was a house that gave out um, full slices of pizza. I've had that before, yeah. And I was like, this is my, I don't know if you can hear my cat tweaking, but that's what that is. I can. Will um, they be? They probably can. Um, he gets very tweaked if you're sitting because he wants to be included. And right now he he's Stupid. looking at me. I probably need to put him on my lap. Anyway, you always got that Stupid. one. And he's super, a black cat. Super, come here, you. Ah, he's running away. Um, that super douchey house that was like, you have to do a trick. And it's like. Yeah. And it's like, no, bitch. You know why I'm here. I know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. If you want to get egged, that's fine. <laughs> Which did happen in my neighborhood as well. We had houses that got egged because they weren't open for candy or what have you. Um, I never, th- I never saw a house that that actually happened to. But there were a couple houses that I wanted to do that to. <laughs> when I lived in Arizona, the really bad thing that would happen is when you would teepee somebody's house. If they had a swaro cactus in the front yard, you would wrap that and then you would wet. Toilet paper. Oh no! Come here, you little crybaby. Um, there we go. Um, so that was awful. Never happened to me, but that's hilarious. I know. What does it mean? (laughs) Mischief night. Mischief night. Mischief night. All right. So now we're up to the late 1800s. Oh, yeah. There was a big shift in America to mold Halloween into a holiday about community and get-togethers more than about the loose pranks and mischief and rumors of witchcraft and stuff or whatever. Everybody was celebrating it, but it was still kind of being celebrated in different sort of pockets, quiet ways. So at the turn of the century, there was like a boom in Halloween parties for both children and adults. Costume balls, masquerades, the works. Um, it was one of the most common ways to celebrate the day and the night. Games, good food, costumes, the works. Um, although as the the new century went on, there was kind of a shift to take away anything that was frightening or considered grotesque about the holiday. Um, so that by the time like people, we were well into the 20th century, the superstitious and religious overtones of Halloween were pretty fairly diluted. Gross. Gross. Boring. So if you see a movie set in the 20s that has like a raging Halloween party, you know it's not historically correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then by the 1930s, Halloween was secular and a community-centered holiday. There were parades and town-wide parties with various entertainment. We needed that during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, but vandalism w- was on the rise again, and it plagued a lot of Halloween celebrations, so that, um, you know, there was a, a little bit of pushback again in the 1940s, and I think everybody was dealing with real-life horror enough that the pretend stuff kind of had to take a back seat. Um, but when the good old 1950s rolled around, the vandalism had ebbed away, and the holiday had shifted towards mainly focusing on the young. Um, Our young. Yeah. And that's where they're, like, where big town parties used to be had in, like, civic centers and fire halls. Now they were happening at home or in classrooms. Um, 
And trick-or-treating still survived through all of this because it was, you know, I mean, it's relatively inexpensive for communities to partake in. Um, so, and then when you had all the baby boomers, they just kind of kept up the good old tradition that, you know, the greatest generation had, had raised them with. Uh. And then here we are, kids. And, uh, I think, uh, something, the stat, where's my note? There it is. Americans spend an estimated $6 billion annually on Halloween, which makes it the second largest commercial holiday following Christmas. Most of that's me. Well, yeah, that's, that's, of that $6 billion, half of it is me and Miss Mel. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting holiday to study, um... Because if you look at a lot of holidays, a lot of them are very straightforward. They have very specific origins, um, very specific stories that go with them. With this, it's such a combination of various European traditions that all happen to coalesce around the same time of year. And as these various European cultures conquered each other and came in contact with each other, um, respectively, they took on... um, their their sort of various um, traditions and even took it into the quote-unquote new world and blended it with native traditions there, um, which is probably part of the reason you've got so much overlap with Dia de los Muertos and Halloween, um, because that Dia de los Muertos is very much rooted partially in Mayan culture and Mayan mythology, blending with Catholic beliefs brought over by the Spaniards. Um, so the Spaniards. The Spaniards. So it's very... That uh, bravery. <laughs> it's a very interesting time of year to study just from a, if you're somebody who's into history or cultural history or folklore or what have you. Yeah. Or just interested in Halloween. Right. It's fascinating because I feel like I don't know if it's the only holiday, but it's certainly like the most well-known holiday to have successfully blended so many different pieces of cultures into one, yeah, one it's celebration. Also, um, Think of it now. The oldest still practiced holiday, if you look at it. I mean, it predates Christmas. Yeah. It predates Easter. Um, you know, I'm not sure about if you look at Jewish holidays, since it's kind of difficult to tell when those started to be celebrated um, versus their sort of origin stories, but it predates most of the holidays, you know, we still celebrate today. Mm. It doesn't, it's got, and you know, it still keeps the sore, the, the roots of its origins. Obviously it's not completely pure because it is diluted and, and a combination of so many things, but it keeps the infrastructure and in its point. I feel like. Also, Carrie's coming on. I saw that. Tremors um, is on tomorrow. My mother! Yeah, they're doing the whole marathon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tremors. Um, and I think because it's the oldest continually acknowledged and celebrated holiday, I think that's a, that's a big... That's why it still has such a big draw. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of big mystery to it. Excitement, yeah, mystery, magic, superstition. I mean, so many like what we think of as general superstitions. Like most historians think, have roots in All Hallows Eve. And uh, like you know, for some people, you know, their new start or anything is possible is New Year's Eve. For me, it's Halloween. Like Halloween there's, there's something's just so fun about it and so different about it. And you wake up and you're like, it's Halloween. You know, anything can happen. Yeah. Like, and, you know, you're in hocus pocus. Anything does. Anything does. <laughs> it does. Um, and you know a lot of that I'm sure is placebo effect because you wake up and you're thinking it's Halloween. Like there's just a mood in the air, but who cares? I mean, it's there either way. It's, you know, there's something, there's something spooky about it. Whether it's, you know, the result of man-made focus on, on a very ancient and antiquated holiday. Or maybe, you know, there's something to paying attention to the harvest time of the earth and the gateway before the 
darker time of the year. Ooh. You know, take from that what you will. Take from that what you will. On, I guess, that note, we have yeah. some... We don't have many, but we have <laughs> some. Again, there's a lot of things that don't really focus too much on the, the sort of deep mythology. Mr. Kreger's history that you just got, that timeline, is probably the deepest you will get without looking into a Wikipedia article Yeah. Uh, on Halloween and Sam Hain and Sam Wayne and all that stuff. Because um, most things kind of combine three or more facets of it to like just speed through it because it is so complicated and so complex. Um, but a couple sort of pieces of media, I suppose, that um, would be good to look at. Uh, the first one that came to mind for me was The Halloween Tree by Ray Bradbury. By Ray Bradbury. Which is a children's book, um, a children's novel, about a group of kids on Halloween who kind of travel through the centuries and learn about the different origins of different aspects of Halloween while trying to find their friend who's gone missing. Um, Ooh. And it's pretty fun. It's, you know, it's this it group is, of yeah. boys ready to go trick-or-treating and they're, they meet at this old house and their friend doesn't appear. They're like Jack Skellington, like King of Halloween friend. Yeah. <laughs> the local, the local Halloween, like, champ uh, does not show because he's been sucked into this world of, of Halloween history. So they go chasing after him. Which, um, like us. It's a very surprisingly educational little little novel on the history of Halloween. They go to various time periods in various cultures. Um, at one point, they're in ancient Egypt. At another point, they are like in a like at a Druid festival. Um, so that's a good one. Ray Bradbury was like really into Halloween. Yeah, because he also um, something wicked this something way wicked comes. Something wicked this way comes. Yeah. The. Uh takes place in October and yeah I think it takes place the big focal point yeah like a week before Halloween or something and that's like important yeah he um you know I feel like most people know him now for his science fiction but he he actually wrote a lot of good horror and he wrote good spooky stuff for kids too actually yeah both those something wicked and Halloween tree were for children Children asterisk. I mean, you have to. Children's not like middle grade novels. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that <laughs> that came up. I have a interesting relationship with Ghost Adventures, specifically with watching Zach Bagans on my screen. <laughs> they like. They had an episode a few years back where they specifically went in to look at the origins of Halloween in Ireland. I don't think there was any real ghost hunting involved. I think it was like just sort of like this documentary on it. Um, And they actually did a really, you know, fairly good job of talking about um, the Celtic origins of this, even though Zach Bagans thinks he like invented Halloween. Um, Yeah. No. And that's a good one to check out if you can find it. I'm not even sure that show's still on at this point because the one Nick Groff left. Is it on Netflix? It is, but it's select. It's like uh, season one selection, season two selections. Um, so it may or may not be on there. Yeah. Another good lucky. one to watch around Halloween that I think actually was a Halloween episode at one point, just for, you know, shits and giggles, is a three-part episode, I think it was, where they went to, or maybe it was two parts, where they went to Romania and visited the various places that claimed to be Castle Dracula. Oh. Um, and then visited the Hoyabachu Forest and um, the place where they believe Dracula was actually killed in battle, where there's mm-hmm. this sort of monument in the woods. Um, that's just a good one to watch for. Spooky times. Yeah. There's a contest going on right now to spend a night in yeah. Dracula's castle. Which one castle, of Dracula's. Though? I was gonna say this. There's oh, if that's I a, entered it, obviously. That's a that's a different topic. Which we are probably will get into as we're looking into doing some uh Sure. Positive we will. Creature feature podcasts and you can't talk about creature features without talking about history's very own living creature feature, Vlad Jepesh. Um But the third, I had a third one. Oh, 
Craig actually got this for me for my birthday. Yay. Um, and then I read it before I yes. <laughs> gave it away. And then handed it to me. Um, it was, for those of you who don't know and haven't listened to us talk about it once an episode, Trick or Treat, by uh, <laughs> Mike Dougherty is a thing. Uh, really good Halloween movie, but he made this sort of, I don't even know what to call it. I guess it sort of bridges Trick or Treat and the possible Trick or Treat 2, but it's also a little bit of a prequel. Um, because you got this character, Sam, which is meant to look like this child dressed up as a pumpkin for Halloween, but kind of becomes this sort of the essence of Halloween in the story and kind of the... The conscience of Halloween, making making sure you're following all the rules. Um, and it's kind of through the years and through these different cultures celebrating Halloween or taking place on Halloween nights through the centuries, Sam is always present and kind of lurking. And it starts out, I believe, in a Celtic or at least European setting where this girl is being tried for witchcraft, I think, on Halloween night and goes into that stuff. Yes. And it was very good. Yeah. Um, cool artwork and... Yeah, the artwork changes with each story. Yeah, which is really neat. And just a nice sort of fun line of Halloween through the ages. You can follow that thread. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Book now of Life. <laughs> Just get uh, Trick or Treat 2 down the pipeline. That would be fantastic. He said he was going to work on it after Krampus. Krampus is beyond worked on. <laughs> um, it's done. It's and the other one, too, that I mentioned earlier, Book of Life. Very good movie. Um, yeah. Super fun movie to watch any time of year. This time of year, you know, it's good as well. It came out around Halloween when it originally did come out. Um, it takes place, obviously... November 2nd, I believe, is the official Day of the Dead, um, about a town in Mexico um, on uh, Day of the Dead and this sort of really interesting love story, childhood friendship thing, but basically it kind of breaks down what exactly is Day of the Dead and the moral of it and the themes of it. And you see this, you know, the idea of the afterlife as far as this line of thought is concerned and that sort of thing. Um, so it's a good one to watch to realize that this is not Mexican Halloween. <laughs> it is not. It is, it is not. It is not. It is not. Um, it's its own thing entirely. And it's still held very sacred to those who celebrate it. Um, but this is just a beautiful movie as well. I might watch yeah. it. <laughs> Animation is gorgeous. Yeah. So I think that's all that I have for my media suggestions. Yeah. I think, I think I, we covered it. Yeah. We got you to Halloween in about 45 minutes. Yeah. History of Halloween. How I'm impressed with this. Well, there was all you. You were the one who had the notes. I was yeah, like, let yeah. me bring up the Wikipedia page and see what I can see. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, you know, figured good to know yeah. what you're you're really celebrating. Yeah, go into Halloween weekend and next Monday, the day itself. Yeah, I mean. You know, think about it when you're carving that jack-o'-lantern, how many centuries back that that tradition goes. And, you know, Romans were bobbing for apples, too. And don't blow the candle out before yeah, don't do night. That. Don't do that or you end up like that chick. End up like that chick. And it did not end well for her. It did not. She had that lollipop in her mouth. <laughs> Dude. Um... But yeah, this was our kind of pre-Halloween podcast. Um, we've got at least one sober one. I don't think we decided quite what it is yet because um, we will have a special guest who has not objected to the fact that she's our special guest, knows at this point, even though we have not directly told her, nope. she has listened to podcasts <laughs> where she has been, where we have explicitly said she's going to be on it. Did not say a word about it, so I assume that means compliance. 
Um, but there's a couple things we can talk about with her. She's very big into horror video games. Um, her and Mr. Kruggers both are very big into Supernatural. Um, so we could, you know, those are things that could be talked about. We'll also do a booze and booze on something. We don't know what yet. I we're not we're not sure. We um, Miss Mel and I will be spending Halloween weekend with um, our first guest host <laughs> we mentioned, and a second guest host for at who, least booze and booze. She will be yeah yeah, and um, we haven't quite decided what to subject them to. <laughs> no. For that, for booze and booze. Two. We could do Blair Witch. If you have ideas, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine? You had the map, Heather. Us. Us. That was me the other night. I was at, got, went to a concert in the city and we like got a little bit lost. And we were like, this is like urban Blair Witch. And then we started shouting that on the street. You had the, the map. map. We're like in Chinatown. <sighs> Just driving, Josh, 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 Josh. Um, but yeah, if you have suggestions, we'd love to hear them. I know that Annie and Brad sent us. I think what was it, the holidays? Yes, which is on Netflix. That. Which Annie and Brad? Why haven't we heard back from you? <laughs> Where the hell are you? Did you get eaten by alligators? Oh no, crocodiles. And if so, no, that's very alligators, sad. gators. I lived in Florida. I should know. I feel like getting the spatterings of my life. It sounds like I like lived in Florida. Like you're just like this lived like roaming like this roaming human being. <laughs> this roaming like a horror girl. About to about to roam farther north. Oh, so yeah. And speaking of hearing from people, don't forget to partake in the contest, yes. guys. Craigers um, came up with this great idea. Which nobody except our friends who are sending joke answers have yeah. really partaken too much in. Also, like they knew. Which means if you answers. send one correct answer at this point, you win. You win, probably. <laughs> but basically, what he's been doing is picking horror movies, posting a random screenshot from them on the Twitter, and you have to guess by the end of the day what movie it comes from. Some of them are obvious, some of them are not so obvious at all. Um, some of them are from some very obscure things, um, and it's fun. And by the next day we tell you what it was, and maybe you've got yourself a nice suggestion for a movie to watch that you didn't know about before, or knew about but didn't watch. And you, if you guess, you know, maybe you win a prize. (laughs) Yeah. If you guess right, if you are the one person who guesses right, you will definitely win a prize. We'll definitely win a prize. We really don't want to end up giving our prize to our stupid friends yeah. <laughs> their prize is getting to hang out with us which is a gift not a it prize is a it is a gift it is a gift um so yes suggestions for booze and booze and guesses for the contest that's what we would us, love guys. to see from you guys i know you're out there i watch the stats i see the 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 upkick in downloads and streams don't tell we me you're not you. listening we know you're listening <sighs> We know where you live. Play with us, Danny. Come play with us, listeners. Forever I have something, I have something to tell you, but I have to tell you after the podcast. Oh my! On the in the realm of the shining. Well, I guess then we should we should wrap up and and say goodbye for now. Yeah, um, we've covered everything, right, Miss Mel? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've hey. literally covered everything with exact dates. If you got a history test, yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's. Yeah. That's, that's coming up next. Maybe we should do a test. If you listen to this, <laughs> tweet at least one of the dates that Craig named. I can't. If someone responds to that and not the contest, I'm going to be pissed. I mean, I'm going to laugh, but I'm going to be really you, you You take the effort to do that, but not to just guess. <laughs> the one I put up for today, day six, as of the recording of this episode, is very easy. Yeah. This won't be up before, I'm just going to say it, because it's going to go up after. It's The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> yes. Today's is The Exorcist. God. God. It's easy. What else could be more obvious? I mean, it's not a picture of, like, Reagan spilling pea soup, but, you know. Um, I think it is now time for me to rattle off. Yes. So you have no excuse not to contact us. You can find us and find the fun contest that nobody wants to play with um, 
at Twitter at splatterchatter666 minus the vowels or just search splatterchatter if you are vowel challenged. Um, Tumblr, splatterchatter.tumblr.com. Blogspot, splatterchatter666.blogspot.com. Email, splatterchatter669 at gmail.com. Cannot stress that enough. Annie and Brad got it. They got it. I know you can too. Um, you can find us obviously on iTunes, on SoundCloud. It looks like a fair f- listening to this is fairly split equally between those two. Interesting. Um, sources and I, the people on SoundCloud are a bit more vocal than people on iTunes because I see your your likes when you like an episode. So continue to do that or comment. Yay! Or do whatever. Thanks, SoundCloud listeners. Um, and if you see it on SoundCloud, and you know. Maybe hop over to iTunes to rate it. You don't have to read a leave a whole review, but maybe you know give us a star or two, um, because we're needy. I know. I mean, we're not going to stop talking, but it would ni- be nice to know that somebody else is listening. <laughs> whether or not you do this is inconsequential as to whether we will continue to do this ourselves. But right. Um. But yeah, I think I hit all the. I feel like I'm I missing. Believe- I'm missing one, but I don't think I am. Tumblr, the email, Twitter. Twitter. Oh, my blog that I'm not updating. I, no, I got that. Oh, you did get that. Oh, then we're good. Yeah, we're good. Alrighty. Okay. Well, kids, um, have a safe and fun Halloween weekend. Yeah. Um, we will see you on the other side of that. Hopefully, on October 31st. It might be November 1st. <laughs> it depends. Could be all Halloween. Could be all Saints Day. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be something from today's history lesson. (laughs) (laughs) It will be a day of the week. (laughs) So thank you for listening, guys. Um, Yeah, have a fun and safe Halloween weekend. And we'll see you on the other side. Saying for now, adios, au revoir, das vidanya.